Hello and welcome to This Dummy, the podcast about dumb things, fun things, and another thing. This week in nonsense, Drake goes viral, Kanye goes to the movies, Paula Dean goes vogue, and the Oscars go to Chris Rock? What does it all mean? Let's find out. Hey, friend. Hey. What's happening? It's a new day, and I'm ready to party. Party. Chardonnay. Yeah. Coffee's piping hot here. My coffee is cold by now, but I got to tell you, this coffee makes a difference. I'm not a person until I get to the bottom of it. And also, 7-Eleven, by the way, best Mm -hmm. coffee in the neighborhood. You love that coffee. I sure do. I love that price point. Yeah, that price point. You can't really beat that price point. That's true. Are those new glasses? They're not new glasses. Okay, long story short. So these were originally, so these are from Warby Parker, but they were originally clear. And, oh, they're not clear uh, right now. Oh, no, they're not. I'm giving you uh, Jim and the Holograms special <laughs> special <laughs> collector's edition right. spectacles right now. Yeah. No, um, we were in India like a couple years ago and we were like D- Diwali was happening. And this is like a big sort of celebration. It's like the festival of co- color. And it's basically like color wars everywhere. And people have all these different powdered um colors that they throw on each other and throw around and it's just like this huge super soaker fight like all day and anyway of course i had the brilliant idea to wear these glasses out and i guess because of the clear resin anyway they never came out the same after that wow and so now i'm walking around these but actually i don't mind them now yeah no they look good just when uh you thought uh you know you got lemons i got lemonade i got pink lemonade yeah, you did. Pink lemonade glasses. Well, they look great. Thanks. Also, so I got a special delivery in the mail the other day. Mm-hmm. I got the CB2 catalog, and apparently Lenny Kravitz, see him oh, there? Oh, no. Lenny Kravitz has designed a special furniture line for CB2. Can you believe that? So you're having it shipped so, to you, international. No. International shipping. I mean, it's totally everything you would expect from Lenny Kravitz design. There's some, you know, animal snakeskin. Yeah, I expect a lot of zebra print and leather. There's a little zebra print. There's some shag rug. It's very sort of like 70s rock star cocaine glam. Like there's a lot of, uh, you know, sort of mirrored wax surfaces and things like that. But um, yeah, but I'm not. I'm not going to buy any furniture from this man. <laughs> I mean, listen, he was the one who couldn't keep his own junk in his drawers. Now, how's he, how am I going to buy some furniture from him and he can't guarantee that my junk won't fall out of my drawers? I know that's very, like, hashtag uh, littergram, but we didn't really get to talk about that whole debacle because, well, we weren't yeah. podcasting back then. But remember when that happened? Yes, I do. At this point in the game, though, I think more than a scandal (laughs) from that incident, I think it was just like an embarrassing old person moment. Like he was rocking out, he went down, and like he blew out the crotch in his pants. That's just embarrassing. He just blew it out. He just like went, he literally went balls out on the guitar. Like he shredded the guitar and shredded his pants. Like he went so hard. (laughs) But it's so funny because now they're like these photos of him floating around the internet and he just looks like a complete crazy person in that like one second frame where like they caught him and you know, because he really like, you know, he squat, he squatted down and got his eagle on really hard and his bald eagle popped out. But then he like caught himself really quickly and got up really quickly. Like if you look at the video, uh, which I may have watched maybe. You know, which you may one have or two hundred studied times, whatever in HD, um, <laughs> HD, 4D Cinemax. Um, so he's uh, he's uh, yeah, he's selling some new junk now at CB2. Not his own junk. But That's a weird partnership, but OK. He's always been into the interior design thing, though. I remember like reading an article in like the, the Times about his like Soho laugh that he had designed himself. He's like a big interior design head. He's like kind of like Brad Pitt. You know how Brad Pitt is all about architecture and design. Oh, right. He's another one of those design geeks. So good luck, Winnie. Yeah, all right. So what you got going on? Not a whole lot. I have actually <laughs> a tale of embarrassing blackness that I think I think I want to share. 
<laughs> Maybe so this I is don't. not like a, this isn't a case of black excellence. This is a case of black embarrassment. This is a case of black buffoonery. Um, oh no! Do you remember? Of course you remember when we were roommates and we would get down on that secret Albertsons chicken because it was so good. Their fried chicken game. Oh yeah, the secret chicken there is without a doubt the best. Okay, so I was coming home. And from I'm not work. afraid to be like that old lady that goes to. <laughs> the prepared food counter and orders a bucket of it. I'm not afraid. Right. And then you say, not that piece, that piece, the one over there. Right. The good I'm one. like, I want seven breasts. Sure. One wing and another breast. You're like that grab a, that claw game at the arcade. You're like this one, that one. I'll try again. Um, <laughs> so I had that same, I was feeling nostalgic, I guess, on my way home from work the other day. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to go get some of that secret chicken. Cause I was just hungry. Yes. I think I'd skipped lunch. It was late in the day. And I was like, just follow your instincts. And I went not to yeah. Albertsons, but I went to Ralph's, our local grocery store. And I went and I picked it up. I grabbed the thing and they come in these like flimsy little, uh, like plastic containers where the lids barely stay on. And I was like, whatever. I grabbed that and a few other things. And I went to self checkout because I'm uh-huh. always self conscious when it comes to like being a black person and eating things like fried chicken and watermelon in public. Like I don't eat right. fried chicken at work. You don't want to perpetuate that kind of stereotype. I don't need that kind of attention. But when I'm on my own time, when I'm home, when I'm in my neighborhood, I feel like I can be safe. In the comfort of your own home? Yes. Treat yourself. And I did. And I I grabbed the thing. I went to self-checkout because I wanted to get in and out quickly. I don't need, like, people in the the line, you know, looky-looing and rubbernecking and asking questions, uh, as they do sometimes, which always surprises me. All up in your BI business. Yeah. So I went to self-checkout. I packed up. I got in. I got out. I was going back to my car. um, And as I'm getting in, the paper bag that I had broke. Oh, no. No. (laughs) All the chicken was on the ground, on the pavement. Just pieces of fried chicken all around my car, on the ground. You were singing Pieces of Me by Ashley Simpson? (laughs) Yes. Yes. And so, like, I couldn't just leave it there. So I had to squat down on my hands and knees because some of it had gone under the car. And I'm picking up pieces of fried, I'm just collecting fried chicken from the parking lot like a crazy homeless person. Oh, no. And putting them back in my bag. Did you go back in and get more? Of Of course course I did. did. I mean, it couldn't get any worse. So I wasn't going to leave there empty handed. Okay. So here's here's the question. Did you go back and just outright buy a whole new uh like order of chicken or did you say this bag is defective <laughs> i want my reparations what did you do i got a new one i paid for a, a new yeah. one i kept my head down i ran through i got out i went home i'm not mad at you i, I wasn't mad, mad either that chicken's great but that is kind of horrifying to have that happen like right in the parking lot yeah were there any like you know shopping cart attendants out it was, and about there like, was it was a full parking lot it was rush time at ralph's so oh. nobody helped me. There was a lot of like, mm-hmm. I was walking to my car and so it was a, a packed parking lot. So people were thinking I was leaving. So there was a queue of cars waiting to get my space. And I was like, oops, right. oh, well, nope, he's, he's harvesting chicken. <laughs> Not leaving. He's, he's Farmer Joe. So that was my life. Oh my goodness. Well, last night I actually went to go and check out Back to the Future Part 2 on the big screen because you know well, it's, it's right. like the big it's back to the future week um we went to the theater it was so much fun there's nothing better than old 80s spielberg's movies spielberg's? was that a spielberg, spielberg movie even spielberg movie or was that a zemeckis movie it was a spielberg movie oh all right well that yeah, makes it was sense a spielberg movie. okay um it was just fun I, I love oh god all the product placement that was in there during the future was great uh, michael j fox was on jimmy kimmel uh, a couple days ago, and he was one of the first people to actually receive uh, the specialty pair of Nikes that uh, have power laces. And I think that they had um, issued a special commemorative pair of these Back to the Future 2 Nikes a couple years ago, but they didn't have power laces. Like, they weren't actually power laces. They were just sort of like still kind of like the regular kind of prototypes. But he had the real deal on Jimmy Kimmel, and the bad boys laced up, and they look really fly. It's really kind of interesting because it seems as though, like, in terms of, like, progression of sort of, like, fashion and, like, the future, Nike kind of, like, nailed it in terms of what footwear would look like in 2015. Now, I still don't have a hydrator to, like, make my instant Pizza Hut pizza, but my my fingers are crossed that hopefully 
you know, they will develop that technology as well because that would be amazing. But also, they did a lot of, um, you know, special commemorative uh, sort of like product things for the movie. Um, Pepsi released uh, Pepsi Perfect for in like limited quantities, and that was available on Amazon and Walmart. And of course, like it sold out in like two seconds. And so now everything, like all these Pepsi bottles are on eBay for like $400, which is so ridiculous. Now is Pepsi perfect? Is that like Crystal Pepsi? Now I'm embarrassed to say that I'm not actually that familiar with the Back to the Future movies. I think I saw the first one once when I was a kid and never really mm-hmm. got into it. So this whole right. Back to the Future like nostalgia this week, I haven't. It's been sort of washed over me. Like, mm, I'm passing, no. Yeah. Not that it um, isn't fun. I just feel like with those 80s movies, if you don't see them when they come out, then they don't. You don't have anything to hold on to. When I was driving to work uh, yesterday, I saw someone had someone was driving a DeLorean on the 101. Is one of the things oh, about really? living in Los Angeles is that a lot of people have DeLoreans and they trick right. them out during Back to the Future Week and just drive them to work. I heard like Lyft was doing a promotion too, and they were like driving around DeLoreans. You can get picked up in a DeLorean. Or oh, really? Like That's that. cool. Yeah, Back to the Future. Um. So did you see uh, the Title X concert? Uh, no, I did not see the Title X concert. I saw little bits and pieces of it. I saw I, the Beyonce yeah. Nikki performance. It's hard to get into those title things. I'm not yeah, why listen, is that though. I'm not signing think, up for anything. Yeah, I'm not you're not getting my ten dollars, buddy. So I saw little like vines and Snapchats. I tried to like piece together a mosaic of what that concert was. And I think I got mm-hmm. a, a good enough impression of what was going on over there. Yeah. I was really only there for the Nikki uh, Beyonce performance. Right. Uh, of feeling myself. What'd you think? I thought they were feeling themselves. They were certainly feeling themselves. I like uh, that. Like, I like their little dancey face off that dance off thing they did. Yeah. They did have a dance off. It was, yeah, it was like black lace versus bubblegum pink. Right. You know, Beyonce is really trying to get as much mileage as possible out of that uh, Met Gala uh, high pony. I'm so tired of that high side pony. It looks ridiculous. Okay, let's talk about this for a second. I mean, there is only so much you can do, right? Yes. And I think that she has hit her breaking point here. I mean, like when you don a high pony lace front, like, no wig should be put up into a high tight pony. I mean, mm-hmm. she's trying to defy the science of wiggetry, and I appreciate her her ambition and her her willingness to kind of like go where no woman has gone before in terms right. of her weavology. You, you can't escape the laws of the physical universe. You cannot. You can't. You can't. So it's that was a little bit too much. Maybe not everyone noticed, but you know. Mm. As um, licensed uh, regologists that we are, I mean, right. that was an immediate thing. I mean, it, it, it's a noble effort, noble effort on her part. Sure, but why do a high pony? Why do a high pony? Lace why shirt? do What's a high point? pony at all? It's not necessary. It's not her best look. It. I mean, it always looks a little charo, um, like a little charo adjacent to me. Uh, she kind of uh-huh. looks like one of those dangling like voodoo dolls you might see. Like she's yeah. h- hanging from a chandelier by her head. But like, why couldn't you just snatch your own hair together and then just put a phony pony on top? It seemed like there's just there was just so much extra work involved in that like w- that that installation. And then you like snatch it up into a high pony, and you, I don't know. I, I was I was kind of beside myself when seeing it. <laughs> the first I was like, oh, that that's interesting. She, but I was like, nope, that's a wig. In this 4D anyway, world, you can't pull a stunt like that. You can't do that. Don't do that. Not in a 4D, not in a 4D Vine, Twitterified world where everything has been played on loop, on loop, on loop. No. Yeah. No. Anyway, I still love her. You know that. Of course. Um, but yeah, the performance was, I thought it was pretty good. That was probably the, the saving grace of the entire... Uh, yeah, I mean, what else happened? I heard this was a super long charity concert event. The only thing I've heard about it is this Nikki Beyonce uh, performance. That's all. That's all I say, and that's all I really care to see too. So yeah. anyway, but title snatches um, them videos down fast. So you know, if I got to say that Drake video was certainly easier to find, and that was an Apple Music exclusive. Everybody is up in arms about this music video. 
who knew that a couple like two steps and shuffles would I know, know blow a, up the internet? A couple little cha-cha maneuvers. It didn't quite like break the internet, but it, it definitely choked it with a million memes. It was like light yeah, skin there were memes. one bazillion memes, and so, they were I mean, all good. They were all good, but you know, my favorite was the one of him playing tennis. We oh, tennis. That was a good one. So funny. I, I mean, I think that. I mean, everything, everyone's like, oh, my God, his dance moves are so horrible. Like, what is he thinking? I think he knows exactly what he's doing. Um, and I think it kind of is on, you know, quote, unquote, it's on brand for him to kind of, like, he's not, like, too cool, right? You know, I no, think he's no, kind no. Of more like the sensitive man's yeah. rapper. He taps right into his, like, he's still Aubrey Graham. Right. Still, like, Jimmy in the wheelchair from Degrassi High. And he taps yeah. into that just the right amount. He's self-effacing to the right degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't take him to himself too seriously, which is great. And he knows exactly what he did. When he put on those sweatpants and that turtleneck and those boots and started two-stepping, he knew that right. this would be a memeable thing. And that's exactly the thing, because he, he can kind of oscillate between his Steve Urkel and his Stefan really well. And I think that's what kind of makes him really successful. He knew what he was doing when he was two-stepping in some Timberlands. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh-huh. Pointing them he toes. He knew. Yeah, it's like doing a high a high point. Yeah. Yeah, he knew what he was doing. So kudos to, to Drake. And I mean, yeah, more people have very savvy now because of those memes and because of those dance moves, you yeah. know? Listen, so, that video came out the same day the Star Wars trailer came out. And guess what people are still talking about? Drake's moves. Of course. I mean, yeah. the, the only the only buzz that Star Wars um, ad trailer generated was like, people were like, there are too many black people in this. But hey, Drake. Right. Hey, Drake. What's yeah. What's going on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why are people so up in arms about the fact that there is a, a black male lead in Star Wars? It's 2015, people. Right. And it's supposed to take place in a galaxy far, far away. It's all what. What's interesting is I read uh, who's George Lucas showed John Landis when John Landis saw the first cut of the original Star Wars. He was like, "So in your version of the space, the space opera, there are only white people. There are no black people in in the entire universe." Mm. And even now, like you said, in 2015, people are up in arms because there's a black stormtrooper. Relax. Yeah, like, give me a break. But I mean, I, I definitely have to. Um applaud george lucas for his willingness to include more diversity in this whole you know star wars cinematic universe i yeah. think it's all george because, lucas by the way who has a stunning black wife that's what i was saying i was like you know what he's got a sister for a wife so mm-hmm. you know what i'm sure she was like george let's gotta make some changes but yeah i think that's awesome and i think people should you know really just accept the fact that yes there is a black stormtrooper and keep it moving come on uh, I still ha- excited to see it. I don't know if I'm excited to see it. I've never really been into the Star Wars movies, and I've only like mm-hmm. I've only continued to watch them out of like this rote sort of already invested habit. So I right. probably so will you- see this, but I'm not exactly excited about it. But those Star Trek movies were good, both of them. Those last two okay. the, with the space teens and and Zoe Saldana right. in the space mini mini skirt. Those yeah. were excellent. So and yeah, I, Zoe's such a great great uh ahura i thought she really stays up on her space game though she right? really I mean, does Avatar, guardians of the galaxy when is she gonna like land on earth when is she gonna land on earth and when is she gonna <laughs> play like her own race they right. never let I, her I keep it. her own skin color just give it to her for a second let her be brown yeah well you know uh speaking of which this uh brings me to a, another topic didn't she actually um didn't she actually film a Nina Simone biopic like five years ago? And like, it still hasn't come out. Ten years ago, yeah, a long time. I remember seeing uh, images of her sort of dressed up as as Nina Simone, but then nothing. We've had this Netflix yeah, documentary come, come out. out. I, don't I think know. it's for the best. It's probably for the best. I actually just saw the Netflix documentary, and it was really, really good. I didn't really realize that Nina Simone was such an accomplished pianist until actually watching the documentary, but. Um, it was, it was certainly an interesting watch. It was really good. And you know what it made me think about? Like just seeing her in the opening, um, in the opening moments of the documentary. And I think that I immediately, the light bulb went off. It was like, Hey, the person that they really, truly should cast in a Nina Simone biopic 
is none other than Leslie Jones from SNL. Give they her a chance. Exactly alike. Twinning. I mean, so, like, Leslie, I hope you're listening to this, but when you're ready she for is. the Oscar girl, please go ahead and, and play that role because just they press look that button. so similar. Just, just, yeah. When you want to flex your dramatic muscle, Leslie, do that. Do that. Do that, Nina Simone. Get, yeah. on, get on your Nina Simone grind. But no, it's like, it's kind of uncanny that they look, they do resemble so, each other so much. And I, 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 I really don't understand how Zoe might have been cast for the role because she, I mean, there is no resemblance, whatever. And there's not, there's no amount of special effects makeup. Not enough industrial light and or magic in right. the universe. That's probably, that's probably why it's been on the shelf for a good 10 years. I don't right. know. But Leslie Jones, that's the way to go. That's seriously the way to go. Oh my god! And it's based on nothing, but I feel like she could do a really good job. She's got. She's probably got some things to draw off of, you know, in a performance like that. Right. I. I mean, that would be awesome. That would be so awesome. Hmm. I would even take uh, a Leslie Jones Nina Simone digital short. I'll take that too. Yeah. yeah sure. Why not? So. I don't know what. I don't know where, uh, like, I don't know where the comedic angle would come from, but I would take it. Sure. <laughs> um, you know, actually, but you know, Leslie was also in that Chris Rock movie. Yeah. She that, was in top five um, with every other black comedian ever. Yeah. I went to a screening of that with, um, with Rosario Dawson and she, I love her. She's great. And, and I love her too. The thing about that movie, um, a lot of criticism uh, that I heard about that movie is that like, it wasn't well acted. And to mm. her credit, I have to say like Chris Rock is just a bad actor because yeah. if you, if you watch them in scenes together, it's like, they're both reciting the same lines. The same writer produced these lines. And it's not like the, right. that the dialogue is bad. It's that Chris Rock is in every scene and he doesn't know how to act. He's trying to get his Woody Allen on, but he can't deliver. Right. Um, but yeah, she can. She's handling this dialogue and making it feel natural. Yeah, and that's exactly it. I don't, I don't think he's necessarily a bad actor, but it was Chris Rock playing kind of like Chris Rock. And yeah, you're right. Like It definitely gave me some black Woody Allen tease, which... I'm totally here for. I'm really here for that. Sure. I'm here for that, too. You know what I'm not here for, though, from Chris Rock? Nude scenes. I don't need to see his hairy Oreo cookie nipples. Ever. <laughs> Period. Yeah. Can he have a nipple double, please? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, not, I'm definitely not here for that. But I guess we'll be seeing a lot more of Chris Rock. He is tapped to host Oscars this year. Yeah. Um... He's done it before. It's not his first time. He did it uh, like 10 years ago. Yeah, he, he hosted, I think, in 2005. Um, so I wonder Was who that is... the special like uh, Black Folks Oscars where everyone, every Black person won an Oscar? It was like Sidney Poitier got a special recognition Oscar. Denzel won for Best Actor and Halle won for Best Actress. Was that it? Was it was that, the was it? Blackest Oscars ever. So maybe we'll have a repeat. I think it was that one. Was I don't know. Well, it Black doesn't feel sweep. like... It's been a very strong, uh, like, film season for black actors, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. There was one point at the end of summer where, uh, I think in August, there were like six weeks where the number one movie in the country was a black movie. Hmm. It was like three or four weeks of Straight Outta Compton, which hopefully wins something. That was very good. Um, yeah, I haven't seen that yet, but I still, I still do really want to. Oh, see it's it. great! Definitely check it out. And then there was that War Room movie, which was like a Black Jesus movie, uh, and okay. then Sanaa Latham's movie with Morris Chestnut, uh, perfect, the perfect guy. Hold up! Wait a minute. That is not going to get an Oscar. That's not going to get an Oscar. An Oscar, okay, but okay. no, I'm not saying it was. It's going to get an Oscar, but it was the number one, number one movie but at the box. It was office. number one at the box. So, office. like commercially, it's been a strong year for black movies. I Critically. Don't I don't know. Not so much. Not so much. Well, we'll see. We'll who see. do you think he's going to offend this time? I remember the last time that when he hosted, he said, who the fuck is Jude Law? Jude Law got his panties in a bunch, and then he fired his he agent. Okay, you can't get a star. Wait. If you want Tom Cruise and all you can get is Jude Law? Wait. It's not the same thing, okay? Who is Jude Law? Why is he in every movie I have seen the last four years? He's in everything. Even the movies he's not acting in. If you look at the credits, he made cupcakes or something. He's in everything. Man, 
Uh, who will he offend this year? Hopefully no one. Remember when he was just like on fire, like all of his HBO specials were just Yes, like, bigger and blacker, and he had one like every two yeah. years, and they were yeah, all like, like the funniest years, thing. Like the highest rated, you know, stand-up, you know, um, specials on HBO. Is he still funny now? That's I mean, the question. That's the question. Uh, I, I hope so. I hope so. I'm definitely going to tune in and check it out. I actually, I don't think he's there, though, anymore. He's not, I don't think he's actually funny anymore. But why do you think that is? Um, I think it's sort of the same thing that happens to all comedians. It's like one day you're the funniest person on the planet, and then you wake up the next day and you're not funny at all. And it's, right. the shift is always so sudden. And it, like that happened to Jim Carrey. I think it happened to Will Ferrell. It happened. It's happening it to Adam Sandler gradually. It um, definitely happened to Ellen DeGeneres too. Yeah. Like, can you have you seen her show recently? Yes. I, I don't know. It just seems like she's not all that happy to be doing it anymore, and not like in a completely, um, completely sort of like obvious way. But like, there's just sort of like this underlying kind of exhaustion. She's just like, right. I'm she's just kind of phoning it in. in. Punching the clock, you know? Right. I mean, she doesn't dance she's anymore. Really... And that's the biggest signal, I think. Is like She's not dancing anymore? She doesn't dance anymore. She used to she's dance to that audience every day. She's, she's like season 12, 13, whatever it is. I'm not dancing anymore. I'm not going to whip no. Nay or Hucklebuck. No. I'm going to walk out here. I'm going to do 90 seconds of a monologue. And I'm going to take my seat. I blame that. I blame, you know what? It's that vegan lifestyle she took up. she doesn't have enough energy Uh she doesn't have enough iron she needs an iron infusion and uh like a hot in here nelly remix you know what and that's the thing i think i think she would actually take a hot in here and nelly remix but i think that's part of the reason these comedians stop being funny is that comedy is a lot like music and what's on trend for a period is not what's always going to be on trend and it's sort of like her style is is like this early 2000s style a funny mm-hmm. that people were really into. I like Chris Rock. I love, but I love him in a nostalgic way in the same way that I like puffy videos from the nineties. I like Chris Rock joke. Like I hear to, like I enjoy mo money, mo problems. Right. Or like a, a baggy pantsuit, a baggy tracksuit, a baggy, shiny Missy Elliott tracksuit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's well, good, then, but it has no place really in 2015. So I, I hope so it connects. What is, like what is comedy in 2015? I'm trying to kind of put my finger on what, people respond to now versus what they respond to then because like back in like the early 2000s it was kind of like a what's up with that comedy what's up with this like very kind of seinfeldian right 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 but now comedy i guess it's all sort of it's you know it's the internet's people it's like these like little That's vine true. clips and you know um digital shorts that people yeah. are more interested in and not about any sort of like long long form scenarios or situations that comics used to talk about yeah because who's like a really hot comedian right now well kevin hart it's been like the biggest biggest stand-up i think in the past couple years Mm -hmm. he's huge and his comedy is more like it's a little bit observational but it's more the absurdity of like a tiny shrieking black man which yeah, and you can kind of chop a lot of his stuff up into little sound sound bites of him screaming. Yeah, just, just the little torture sounds. I think Chris Rock still has a place, sort of in the culture. I think he's much more interesting uh, when he's being thoughtful, like when he wrote that that fascinating essay for the Hollywood Reporter about Hollywood's institutional race problems. But mm-hmm. I don't think he needs to tell jokes anymore. But who yeah. knows? I could be wrong. Chris Tucker came well, back on his IRS tour, and he's been telling jokes, and he's been kind of funny. So maybe maybe he'll prove us all wrong with this Oscar. Maybe thing. there'll be an upswing, and uh, Rock will be back on his his stand up game. Well, we'll see. Well, I mean, I guess that the Oscars will be kind of his uh, his uh, reintroduction into the stand up game. So we'll see how that goes for him. Having <sighs> the best time ever. Is, is, is that show still on? Is it still happening? It's still on. I didn't watch it this week, but I saw that Reba McIntyre was the guest announcer. Oh, boy. And yeah. I, I didn't realize that Nicole Scherzinger was like a fixed, like a fixed part of that show. You but know I guess what? it's good that she has a job. The world has been so unkind to Nicole Scherzinger. Yeah, I, you know, I'm still kind of, you know, befuddled as to why it didn't work out for her. Like, it seemed like she had the perfect springboard 
post Pussycat Dolls to come out, break out solo. I mean, because uh, let's be real, people. She was the only one singing in that group, right? The only one. And they're good vocals. She's a good singer. She was on that that yeah. reality show Pop Stars, I think is where she came out. That WB. That's right. Sort of making the band. Remember that song? Remember that song? Get over yourself, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta put that in. um yeah that was that was her pop stars like she was one of the first uh reality show like you know pop singing success stories well for a minute at least for a split second and she's so pretty and she is talented i mean even if fergie got a chance fergie got a chance but there, there are no crumbs for nicole scherzinger there's none. Well, I mean, maybe she can kind of reboot once. I mean, obviously, she's getting a little bit more recognition with this Neil Patrick Harris show. Maybe she can do a little something. But I feel like she's had so many chances that it's like, I, I don't know. Yeah, she's had too many false it's, starts. Oh. What if she, what if she yeah. and Kelly Rowland did like a, a duet? Absolutely album? not. No. <laughs> Stay away from Kelly. Absolutely. Don't do that. Don't do that to yeah. yourself. Okay. That's not possible. All right. um, Speaking of Oscars and Nicole Scherzinger and potential projects and girl groups, Lee Daniels actually has another new project coming up. Uh, and it's going to start filming, I think, in December during the Empire offseason. Okay. So Fox is just giving him all the money now. The keys to the lot. And I mean, after a success like Empire, you sort of have to give him a chance to do whatever he wants. I have to admit... Um, and maybe it's just because the uh, I've been the Kool Aid has been forced down my throat. But and it is Kool Aid. Episodes- <laughs> uh, I have watched a few episodes this season, and I feel like in terms of the quality, it's 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 improved. It's okay. Improved. Oh, you have to be specific in terms of the quality of what the acting, the production, the music. I think the production has 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 improved quite a bit because the first season. I think that they had, or they said they were going to the video MTV Video Music Awards, yes. so it was like the Kids Choice Award, and they were in the lobby of like some Marriott in downtown LA. Yeah, and that f- was supposed to be like the Staples Center or something. I was like, no, mm-mm, mm-mm. you got to give them at least a few more dollars. That first season, they definitely had a black, like a black production shoestring budget. They were like, mm, oh, it, let's it see if shoe- people actually watch. That was this not thing. even a shoestring. That was some dental floss. It was that a, was it. Right. Was, yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so I, so he's got a new pilot, huh? Yeah. Uh, and then I know last week we talked about Ryan Murphy and Gwyneth Paltrow shopping around a series about a girl group starring GP as a 90s one hit wonder making her way in the world today. Uh, but it looks like Lee Daniels has beat them to the punch because he's doing this new series. It's called Star. Uh, it is a uh, written, produced and directed by Daniels. It is about three girls, one white, one black, one swirled who come together to form a girl group and they rise to the top. It's another music themed drama hmm. from him. It feels like it's we're going to really reach a saturation point with these music dramas right where we don't want to hear anybody singing a damn thing yeah not yeah. a hum not Just a whistle give me dialogue don't give me a one two do re me well obviously obviously lee has been listening to our podcast because i was just saying i was like i don't think that rhymer that's not believable no it's not believable but with this one white one black one black and white that's that's the combination for a girl group. What's interesting about this one is that in addition to casting like a beautiful white girl and a beautiful black girl, they are casting specifically for a half black, half Latina transgendered actress to play one of the leads. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, and who does she play in the in the in the pilot? Do we know? She plays a character called Cotton who I think hmm. is in the group. Star is the name of the white girl and that's the name of the series, so I think, you know, Okay. 
Interesting. That'll be the story. But I really like the sort of trend of aggressive diversity casting. For all the criticism I think we give people like Lee Daniels and Ryan Murphy, you have to hand it to them because they're putting these fringe groups on camera. You know, Ryan Murphy has always featured gay actors and gay stories on network TV. He's been doing that for years. He always seems to cast like also an actress with Down syndrome in all of his his shows. And I think that's interesting. Lee Daniels, too. He's always got black actors front and center telling these complicated stories. Yeah, it's always nice to see a little bit more diversity uh, in film and television. And it's always good to see, you know, a a different perspective and a new story. Definitely. Right. Um, Speaking of diversity, Dr. Ken got picked up. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing or what that says about kind of the state of television this season. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, again, it's good to see, you know. Uh, a series where you know it's it's an Asian American lead, and you know it was an Asian it, um, family. profiles an Asian American family. Um, it's good to see that they did get picked up. Now, in terms of the quality of the show, I saw the pilot and it felt a little bit clunky and unbalanced. Like Kim Jong was just kind of like shuffling and jiving and being hokey and crazy and wild but yeah um, i know that ken jong is your jam so i was going to ask you if you'd actually seen the show because i had not this looked like an instant skip it for me yeah i I did watch the pilot yeah it just felt a little bit disjointed to me um and i mean i you know i mean there's a low threshold for what your expectations are for sort of a uh you know a uh a single camera or it's not a single it's a it's a multi-cam it was a, it's a multi-cam, it's a multi-cam. yeah sitcom um with you know an uh, in-studio in audience blah 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 but i don't know he it just felt kind of you know ken was kind of like over overacting a little bit and yeah. um it just felt a little bit uh clunky but hopefully they'll 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 keep working on it and and figure out you know find their way there i mean I was surprised that Tisha Campbell is on this show in sort of like a supporting role and not even like in a, a very small supporting role too. I'm like, really? This, she is of television royalty. You remember her on um, my wife and kids. She was yeah, so she was good on that. Great. She was great on that. She was great on Martin, but don't forget that she was also on that Nicole Sullivan, like TBS show where she played a mom who was in a rock band and Tisha Campbell played the neighbor. I forget what it was called. It's like Rita Rocks or something like that. Rita Rocks. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. And I watched that thing. It was oh, see, not good. But I again. this is this me is again. So but and and that's Lifetime the thing. Series. I'm skipping this doctor it, was it on Lifetime? It was Lifetime. Oh, yes. of course, a Lifetime sitcom. That's mm-hmm. like an oxymoron, first of all. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you cannot get away from it. a good old Lifetime series, Mr. Clark. I can't. But here's the thing. I also can't get away from a multicam. And I'm skipping this Dr. Ken. And, like, I'm the audience. I love a multicam. I love a studio audience. I know there's a lot of snobbery around that. People are like, I don't want to hear, I don't want to watch a TV show with a laugh track because I don't want to be told when to laugh. But I don't right. think that's what that is. And in a good multicam with a studio audience... They don't, they're not using a laugh track. It's a live studio audience. I feel like this Dr. Ken show from just the previews looked to me like a show with a laugh track. It looked like an old fashioned sitcom where everything's overacted and then Mm -hmm. like they insert like canned laughter in post, sort of like they do on those Disney sitcoms with kids or like a Nickelodeon show where it's like there was no studio audience here. They're yeah. just inserting this laugh beat to let you know that that was a joke. Yeah, that's definitely the feeling that I got. It definitely, oh, kind of like a disney kid show sitcom like it there was like there was like zero kind of like sophistication there it just felt like it was like a kiddie show yeah but apc is doing some heavy lifting in the diversity department this this year because this is their second asian show off the boat is also on abc which to me is really like an honorary black show off the boat if you're not watching it i think is excellent the mom on that show is amazing and you know abc Got, finally got something else right too. They got rid of Miss Paula Dean on Dancing with the Stars. Finally, it took it took a few weeks, but they finally sent her packing. They finally I mean, and, took and her best, down. The best slash worst way possible. She was doing. She was recreating Madonna's 
VMA performance of Vogue when they were all in Victorian garb. And uh, I mean, yeah. Here's the thing. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. What's I wasn't mad at this performance. What? I was not mad at it. And I get mad at Paula Deen for everything. Okay, so you're you're giving her a pass because she was recognizing and celebrating a dance form that was created and curated by Gay Black. Is that why you're you were enjoying it? No, I'm not I'm not saying it was amazing, but compared to Madonna's actual VMA performance, her voguing, uh-huh. like her actual voguing wasn't terrible. Um okay. I know that Tamar kind of killed it this week, but I I didn't think Tamar's was as good as everyone else was saying her performance. Uh, And for me, Paula Deen's performance was as good. She's a 70-year-old woman. She did fine. Well, I was expecting a couple death drops. I was hoping for a few death drops from her. She didn't didn't do a single death death drop. And the thing that stood out to me, like the most interesting and maybe least surprising thing about her performance, no black Uh people. Zero black people. Madonna's actual right. VMA performance was almost all black and brown queer kids, and Paula right. Dean was all white people in white face. Well, you know, they they really steered clear from any kind of racial or, you know, race issue in, in terms of, of Paula on, on that show. Like, I think that even during the book performance, there's a part where it doesn't matter if you're Oh my god, I was gonna say it doesn't matter if you're black or white. That's, <laughs> that's not, a different that's song. Not a lyric from, <laughs> that's... <laughs> from Vogue. But I think there is a like a, a race reference in Vogue. Uh I just got like my, my gay card revoked because I can't you did it was cancelled. The lyrics of Vogue, but um they that was that was not included. They definitely kind of chopped and screwed um the the music. Right, uh, but can't they that. see by avoiding it they create a race issue? Like this is her whole of problem. They do. This is her whole yeah, PR whole problem. Issue. It should have been all like it should have been a Benetton ad of queer kids. I mean, but this is such a like a train wreck of um attempted sort of of an attempted re- redemption tour for her. Like it's just not going to happen, lady. Yeah. Like you're not gonna like return to the same level of success and prominence. It's it's done. It's just done. Stop it. Yeah. Stop it. Someone put her, like, I mean, thankfully they kind of put her out of her misery this week on Dancing with the Stars, but, like, I don't think, she's not going to, like, regain the same level of, like, respect from from the public after after the entire, you know, wishing to have, you know, a wedding with, like, black servants' comments and the whole inward controversy. Right. It's not happening, Paula. It ain't right. happening, boo. Right. Although she did get that like hundred million dollar cash infusion last year for the revival of her brand. So I don't know. She's back on the shelves in Walmart or whatever. Well, we'll see what happens with her. She's not going to be doing the pasta pasta doble next week, though. So adios. She's got a good pasta doble. Maybe her pasta doble is better. Yeah, her pasta doble. She needs to work on that. Speaking of uh, gaffes, uh, Anthony Mackie uh, was you know on sort of the press circuit for his new uh, his new film, which is called I feel like it's called Brand Crisis. Am, am I correct? Brand is that Crisis? the one with Sandy Bullock? Yeah, the, the the new Sandy Bullock vehicle. Yeah. Anyway, Lord Mackie, Anthony. Mackie. So I guess you know they were, were he was talking about you know sort of like the the presidential campaign, and he basically endorsed Donald Trump. And he was like, I'm all about, he's like, I drank the Kool-Aid. Number, oh, Lord. Of course, number one, he said, I drank the Kool-Aid. I'm all about Donald <laughs> Trump. Let me actually get the actual direct quote. He said, I would 100% want to run Trump's campaign. Uh, first of all, it'd be, the best par- it'd be the best party ever when he won. And second, Trump's an easy sell. When you look at Donald Trump, he's an easy sell because you can sell him as a guy who worked his way up from nothing. And I think uh, you're a pull-yourself-up-from-your-bootstraps candidate. Uh, and people would identify with that. Which, I mean, he's yeah. not wrong, but shut your mouth. But no, Anthony, stop talking. Don't do that. But you know what? Unfortunately, he kind of continued on on this sort of like campaign of just, you know, incorrectness. Uh, and someone was talking to him about the the, the the new or the upcoming Black Panther film that's coming out. Um, and the whole sort of controversy that's kind of swirling around it in regards to 
um, them using a black director to direct the film. And he's like, well, uh, Seabiscuit didn't use a horse as a director. <laughs> so, you know, he's kind of on this sort of world tour just to kind of, you know. Anthony Mackie is a dumb, dumb. For me, Anthony Mackie is the Will Smith for people who don't think Will Smith is corny enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I remember seeing a couple of interviews. I think he was on the Jimmy Fallon a couple years ago, and he was kind of cute and endearing. But I don't know when he starts talking. I mean, I mean, talk about a brand crisis. I mean, he's kind of taking it to the next level. He's literally his brand is in crisis after all this. I right. don't know. Yeah, I think that he might want to take a couple steps away from the microphone and just keep playing the Falcon and whoever else he's playing in this movie. Right. And stick to, t- stick to the script. Our, our favorite um, celebrity who ne- never has a script, Mr. Kanye West, okay. uh, recently took his boo-boo, his honey boo-boo, his wife out uh, for her birthday. Took yeah. everyone out to the movies. Yeah, he got everyone's ticket. Was it a matinee? It was probably a matinee. I'm sure he had a group on. He had a group on for it. And he took everyone to a Magic Johnson theater. And what did they see? Well, it's so interesting. Kim had her 35th birthday this week. I think it was on Tuesday. And so Kanye mm-hmm. took everybody to go see Steve Jobs. Of course. Of course Kanye took Kim to go see a movie about a misunderstood genius and the woman that supports him. Oh, how romantic. How romantic. Uh, she, I think, liked it. But I think she just likes anything that Kanye tells her to like. Yeah. Um, but along with Count, uh, with uh, Kim's birthday, we got this list of 35 things she's learned before turning 35. No. She what, wrote what this article for Elle to uh, uh-huh. share some of her wisdom. Um, and but what has she imparted upon the masses? Here are some things. Number 14 in our list of 35 things. Never forget how blessed you are. Oh, number 20 is a good one. A perfectly centered part takes time, but it's worth it. I think that's that valuable information. Um, <laughs> airplane bathrooms have great lighting for selfies. Um, there will always be haters. Let uh, learn to use criticism to fuel you. Hmm. So you know she's she's sage. Thank she's, you, thank yeah. you, Miss Kardashian, for mm-hmm. for dropping some knowledge on us there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what what can you say about them? What can you say? We're lucky to have them. That's what I say. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Okay, the 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 dummy of the week award goes out to this Powerball winner. Did you read the story that came yes, out in the news a couple of days ago? I did. This woman. Okay, so if you don't know, Marie Holmes is this um, African American woman. I think she's got a few children. One of them is a special needs child, but and one of them is her boyfriend. One of them is really, oh my gosh, he's he's like incredible. Um, but she's the winner of uh, Powerball jackpot. Uh, she won uh, one hundred and eighty-eight million dollars um, and took the lump sum, so she ended up getting like eighty-eight million dollars. But apparently, um, her boyfriend uh, has been arrested for drug possession and weapons and, and weapons and she repeatedly has bailed him out not once but two times and the bail was set at uh i think the first time it was set at six million and the second time now it's been set at three million and she has continued to bail this person out i thought it was How three times i thought she just bailed him out again for ten thousand dollars really three I mean, times I mean, I don't. I, is this love? Is this love? She won eighty-eight million dollars so far this year alone. She spent nearly ten million dollars bailing her boyfriend out of jail. Oh my goodness! I mean, this is just ridiculous. I think uh, I don't know. Where was this? This was. I feel like in New Jersey. No, it wasn't in New Jersey. I don't, you can't put that on my home state. <laughs> Where was it? Because my guess, naturally, if someone had told me the story and was asked, told me I needed to guess where it happened, I would say Florida. That's where all the crazy news things happen. Was this Florida? Okay, so it wasn't. It's not Florida. She's in um, North Carolina. Well, at least that's where her her boyfriend was jailed in the North Carolina court system. So I okay. assume she's so we assume, from North Carolina. I think North Carolina. Okay, and apparently 
well. Uh, looking here, it says the New York Daily News reports that Lamar Hot Sauce McDowell, who was engaged <laughs> to Marie Holmes, uh, was released on bond from prison twice this year for $3 million and for $6 million. And apparently, I think that you just said that he got arrested again, and, and now she bailed him out for another 10000 I mean, what's $10,000 after you've spent, you know, $9 million? Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know. That's nothing. That's, you know, that's uh, lunch. That's like, uh, you know, chump change. But okay, so I, I'm going to need you to put your Viola Davis litigation wig back on for mm-hmm. me. Now, when you put bail, when you put someone up, like put bail money up, is that like, do you, do you get that back? How does this work? Or is that just I sort of... I believe when you post bail, if you like go to court and you're found to not be guilty, that bail money comes back to you. But like a ten thousand okay. dollar return is nothing for like you said for this girl. She's already spent nine million dollars. I think in bonds, bonds you don't get back. Oh my god! I mean, well, I mean, she must really love hot sauce, Mister Hot Sauce. I, but I, I guess I, is that love? Uh, it's dysfunctional. Yeah. I mean, and how? My real question is, how was she posting bail before she won the jackpot? Right. Yeah. Because this is not the first time or the third. This is not the, just the third time this has happened. No. Yeah. Hot Sauce Jones. That's his hobby. It's getting arrested. Oh, man. Well, mm-hmm. hopefully Marie gets together here. But I, I don't, don't think I she don't will. I think that she's <laughs> going to be broke again by next February. I mean, well, she's already spent over 10% of her, her winnings just bailing hot sauce out. Yeah. I hope she's already paid the taxes on that thing. I'd hate to see her behind bail because I don't think hot sauce is going to come up with the scratch to get her out when the feds come to take no. her for taxation. No, hot sauce is going to be on the lamb. <laughs> Other knuckleheads in the news. Cosby's back at it again. Ebony's doing a takedown of him. Mm. Formerly honorable sitcom families, the Huxtables. Shattered Dreams on the cover of Ebony Magazine. I haven't read the article, but... um, Are you curious? I'm not curious. I I think it's kind of a wrap. I think it's a wrap, too. I don't know what there's... I don't know what's left to discuss in this thing, but people seem to have a lot of opinions on it this week. I'm so, like, Cosby'd out. I'm out. I'm out. No one wants to watch the show. It's done. And, yeah, like, that's that's it. Uh, Eddie Murphy came out of retirement this week. To get his Cosby kicks in, yeah. And get his award, his accolades. Yeah, he's getting the uh, Kennedy Center Mark Twain Comedy Award. He's the next person to get this thing. And he took the stage and told his first joke, I think, since the 80s. He hasn't done stand-up since, like, 1989. When was uh, Delirious? Was that his last comedy special? Yeah, he's really laid back in the cut. Like, he hasn't been out and about or seen or done any sort of stand-up for, for ages. And and during uh, SNL's uh, 40, 40th anniversary, you know, everyone was kind of up in arms because he basically came out and was like, hey, everybody, see you later, and, like, did, yeah. like, no comedy at all. Like, he was yeah. just too cool for school and couldn't be bothered. Well, he the was thing unbothered was, by it all. He could not be bothered. He. What's interesting about that is they wanted him to do a Cosby sketch that Keenan uh, ended up doing. But he mm-hmm. was at the time he was like, I don't want to kick a man when he's down and be sort of disrespectful, um, right? Because that was his whole gripe against SNL. He had a big grudge against them and David Spade specifically for a long, long time. Because I think when he was making all of those movies, I think when Blackula came out or, or not Blackula, uh, Vampire in Brooklyn came out. David Spade made a joke on a Weekend Update about, Hey, everybody, look, a falling star. Um, and he took that really badly, called Ken, uh, called David Spade out. David Spade has a new memoir out, and he talks about this, how um, Chris Rock told David Spade that he needed to call Eddie Murphy to apologize because he heard Eddie was mad, and he got on the phone with him, and Eddie just ripped him a new asshole about, like, Whoa. I'm supposed to be untouchable. You're not supposed to come after me. I was on SNL. He's like, the whole reason you have a job there is because I was there. And really... That's true. Eddie Murphy breathed life back into SNL when it was it was flatlining. Yeah, so. it was kind of DOA for a while. He really kind of brought it back to its yeah. all of its glory. So yeah. So, but now but, uh, he's like, so he, I'm getting in my Cosby kicks. I guess he feels like enough time has passed, or enough <laughs> 50, 50 women coming forward is enough people to say, okay, well, right. Let's um, all pile it, on. Is it, does he have anything else in the pipeline, or Eddie Murphy? Is there. 
Yeah. He, I don't know at the moment if he does. I know last year or the year before he had a few things coming. He had, he did that Brett Ratner movie with Ben Stiller called The Heist and Gabby Sidibe was in that. And he was actually right. supposed to host the Oscars last year. That was the big buzz. Brett Ratner oh, was right. going to direct the Oscars. And then Eddie Murphy was going to like, his big return to the stage. He's going to host the Oscars. And then he dropped out of it. I think, oh, after Brett Ratner said something stupid. I can't yeah, remember what he it said was. Something. It's not, I think it was an anti-gay. Yeah. Statement or something. So he had and to drop. Kind of torpedoed the whole thing. Like everyone's Eddie Murphy Oscar plan. So that was yeah. kind of a bummer. Because he had to drop out as a director, and then Eddie dropped out as the host. And then they went the complete opposite direction. But that is the story of how we ended up with Neil Patrick Harris as the host of the Oscars last year. Yeah. So thanks, Brett. Yeah. Thanks for everything. Thanks for nothing. Best time ever. Adele has made her grand return. Ah, yes. To the stage. Hello. Adele is back. Hello. Yeah. I mean, huh. first new album in four years. It's very exciting uh, since the last one was such a huge deal. Her last album, 21, sold 11.2 million copies in the U.S., which wow. according to Nielsen, it makes it the 10th largest selling album ever or since nielsen started tracking sales in 1991 wow okay so okay so now 20 was 21 her second album yeah 19 was her first 21 is her second 25 will be her third her third and this is the lead single that she has just premiered this week called hello it's called hello and the internet has had a little fun with it because hello lionel richie right and so now there's this sort of uh, Adele, Lionel Richie, hello, mashup video, right? Yeah, which is kind of funny. Which is another excellent achievement in meme history here. It is. In, in the it internet, is. On the internets. Yes. Thanks, internet, for that one. Definitely, <laughs> definitely tickled by it. Because it's she kind of says hello. It's in the same like key and register and tone. Right. Maybe that was a conscious decision, too. She's like, this is how we get exactly. instant traction. Everyone is so meme-savvy these days. Exactly. I'm like, oh, does she and Drake sh- share the same management? They're like, okay, what is really going to get, you know, uh, the public to, you know, to stand at attention will be creating meme-centric music videos and songs yeah that's how we'll do it if you don't if you don't hit it big on vine no one's gonna buy this album so yeah and i guess she's got a lot to live up to obviously after that last one spent 24 weeks i mean that thing was like a mega hit yeah uh i like i so far so good i i mean the the song to me is you know song is solid yeah it's like it's soaring and soulful it's exactly what you expect from her um yeah Lyrically, it's probably not the most uh, interesting, but sonically, yeah. it's good. Yeah, and everyone will totally gobble up this album like they did the others. Um, oh, of course. I, I was reading somewhere that the uh, that the video itself is sort of an achievement in music video technology because it's the first time that a music video has been shot on um, 4D cam or something like that. Hold on, oh, now I need that's to interesting. Oh, sorry. Um, so apparently this is the first time in music video history that uh, a music video has been shot using IMAX cameras. But I saw the video and it didn't... I mean, IMAX it, cameras. I didn't feel like I was going on some sort of crazy 3D uh, smell-o-vision tour. It, like, I don't know. It didn't really no. register for me as being... I, I guess it kind of did register for me. Uh, I mean, it didn't feel bigger epic or 3d like you were saying but watching it it did feel more cinematic um than other videos i've seen and i guess that's why Hmm. but to me the video also looks very very 90s it looks like primed for a vh1 countdown show in 19 oh yeah definitely it looks like the cranberries it reminds me of like sinead o'connor yeah it's giving me some pop-up video yeah realness I'm just ready. I'm ready for those little blurbs to come up at the bottom of the screen. It's like, did you know that this actor <laughs> is Tristan Wilds from 90210 Reboot fame? Is which that is actually true? It, the, it is I Tristan knew I, I recognized that guy. I was like, where did he come from? Yeah. 
That's him. He must have moved of to the UK. And the Wire fame. I think most people will probably recognize him from the Wire than the 90210 reboot. But. Not me. Nope. Mm-mm. Um, does Adele have a thing for black guys? I think that maybe, maybe at she some point previously. I think that her her previous lover was uh, a man of color. Hmm. Which color? She's gone with the swirl. Good for her. I think she is swirlalicious. Yeah. I don't think British people yeah. have the same racial hangups we do. I think their no, their preoccupation is class. They're totally on the Rainbow Coalition. Oh, great. Yeah. What is it yeah. about that? About what's in the water over there in the UK that they keep turning out all these soulful white ladies? I've always been curious about that. There are a lot of just such good British white lady soul singers like Adele. There was Duffy a few years ago. There's mm-hmm. Joss Stone, even though nobody seems to like her anymore. I still just yeah. Where's Joss at? I think that she recently released like a like a reggae tinged or infused album but yeah. i don't think that really went anywhere no she like self-released it on snapchat nobody bought it nobody got into it mm-hmm. but um uh, yeah i don't know what it is i think that they just have a real appreciation for the old rhythm and blues and maybe maybe it's all know, that those, rain those, over there like that's what i was gonna say i was gonna say those rainy days just get yeah. into your soul and you want to sing about it i guess so um See? Aim- yeah, yeah. <laughs> Amy Winehouse, Dusty Springfield, Lisa Stansfield, on and oh, on man, and on. Been around the world. Ay ay ay, ay ay ay. Was Jane Child British? No, I don't think so. No, that was ours. Yeah, she was. She was American. Homegrown, Midwest. Homegrown. Even Sam Smith is an honorary white lady. Yeah, soulful He's white lady. Soulful, soulful. It's so weird. I was just, I was reading. You have been listening to This Dummy with David Clark and Jacob Jeffries. Be sure to follow us on SoundCloud, subscribe and rate us on iTunes. And if you feel like you need to talk, tweet us at This Dummy Tweets. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.